Welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Is is this the podcast? Is this it? Are we here? I am. Oh fuck! I fucked it up already. <laughs> okay, on! okay, one more time. We'll try it again. Okay, take, take it um, again. Take it again. Okay, okay. How are you? Are you talking to me? Who else would I be talking to? Is that Zach? Is that Griffin? Are we in the show already? Where where are we right now? What are we even doing right now? Who are we? Are we doing what I think we're doing right now? Are you thinking that we're doing what I think I'm thinking that we're doing? Is this the show? What is a child? That was a joke for a very select few people. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, everyone. <laughs> we att- There's our piss-poor attempt at, at, at doing questions only. Hi, everyone. I'm Zach. Hi, I'm Griffin. I'm sorry. I've been watching a lot of Whose Lines It Anyway recently, and That's I wanted fine. to play I, a game with Zach. No one, no one can be upset by that wonderful, wonderful show. Anywho, <laughs> uh, we're back with another episode, um, this time with a fantastic just wonderful uh, 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 fan letter that has, yeah. has really got us thinking. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Are you saying that I'm letter Ron right Burgundy? <laughs> Would you... Maybe maybe I try to speak in questions for the rest of the show. See, that seems like a bad idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it. Okay. Starting now. All right. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, uh, this uh, uh, fan letter comes from a, a personal friend, Kieran. The question reads: This friend, one Ichabod Mortimer Senior, is attempting to open a zoo of sorts in a standard fantastical setting. Do you and your pet shop know of any critters that really bring in the tourists? Danger is no object, but we're working on a limited budget. Awesome, awesome. I'm giving so, up the questions thing. Uh, uh, thank God. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we spent some time, looked through, look, found a couple creatures, maybe some also some support staff mm-hmm, that can mm-hmm. really help make your make this zoo uh, something special. If danger is no object, then you've come to the right folks, yeah. is all I'm saying. Because... Most of, I would argue, the majority of our of our sort of uh, uh, menagerie here is very dangerous. Oh, most definitely. When you're dealing with animals, anything could happen. And that's, I'm saying we're the bravest people we know. Just, just you know, humbly, of course. But yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely, yeah. we are brave. <laughs> so, uh, Ichabod Mortimer Senior, in your attempts to open a zoo. We present to you a, a selection, Zach and Griffin's multiversal smorgasbord of, <laughs> of critters to, yes. to show you 
a good time and show your guests at your zoo a good time. Um, by the way, we are going to need like we'll talk about this in like the back end, but you know just some just some of that revenue coming our way for, in exchange for this um, consult. Anyway, oh definitely, um, yeah, consultation yeah. fee um, you can get with um, our billing department about um, that. Uh, anyway, uh, our rendition of We Bought a Zoo begins now. Huzzah! Zach and Griffin buy a zoo. And by buy a zoo, we mean Zach and Griffin consult on a zoo. Consult on a zoo. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, so, wanted to start off with something a bit more accessible, kind of warm you up to the ideas of some of the things we've brought yeah, your way today, yeah. Ichabod. Uh, and so we have a good old-fashioned frost salamander. A frost salamander. Indeed. Frost salamanders are huge elementals. So big, big, thick lads. Yeah, they're they're beefy. Big, snaky, cylindrical salamander-shaped body. Uh, looks like eight legs. I feel like I see a second set of legs hiding back there. Uh, it looks like the, yeah, I, I'm or seeing six. But like, look, look by the tail. You see, I'm seeing like a. But that's like his other arm. Is that the other sixth leg? I think that's the other sixth okay. leg. Because he's okay, got like yeah. it know, looks yeah, like yeah. he's got like you know classic like arm shoulder setup, like it look, looks like he's kind of got the centaur setup, but just well more to me like. to me this this art this picture kind of looks like it's rearing up. Well, yeah, and so it could hop back down on this front too. Y- either way, I'm I'm seeing anyway, six 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 appendages, big long tail. It's got this cool gradient of like a dark blue to a light blue, starting on top and going underneath to the light blue. Mm-hmm. Big scary mouth. Tiny, tiny little eyes. Yeah, for real. For this real guy, uh, the 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 teeth are cool because they look like icicles. Yeah, they look like icicles, which is very neat. Frost salamanders are natives to the plane of ice, also called the Frostfell, which rests between the plane of air and the plane of water. Frost salamanders is, uh, especially like to hunt warm-blooded creatures. They sometimes travel to frigid climates on the material plane by wandering through planar gates. The frost salamanders' aggression. Uh, what? I think it's supposed to say aggressive, but it says aggression. I think it does. Weird. Hey, we found a typo in Mordenkainen's. <laughs> Way to go, Mord. <laughs> yeah, come on, Mord. Get a copy editor. The frost salamanders' aggressive appetite for any heat source leads them to attack settlements they come across. They might mistake the fire of a forge or a campfire for a large, tasty meal, drawing them to attack expeditions and settlements that other predators would avoid. Uh, Azers, which I think are a type of elemental. Yeah, they're little fire element. Like, they got the head that's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Azers sometimes venture into the Frostfell, where they use large fires to lure frost salamanders into traps to kill them and collect their hides and fangs for use in crafting weapons and armor. Hmm. Yeah. They're, yeah. Okay. Big, big cold friends. Although frost salamanders can burrow their way through loose soil, they prefer to dig into the ice. Makes sense. They roll all. They roll around in piles of broken chunks of ice, allowing it to scratch their backs as they grind it down. That's super cute, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this this thing is huge. So it's like fifteen feet long, just doing a death roll in a glacier yeah. to get that 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 itch on its back that it can't get to normally. Oh man. This habit leads them to create extensive networks of ice caves, becoming ever larger as they claw fresh chunks of ice from the wall of their lairs. 
A frost salamander that dwells in its lair for a while carves out enough space to allow a small army to camp within. Inexperienced travelers who come across these caves see them as a welcome shelter, though they are anything but. Frost salamanders greedily devour any prey foolhardy enough to try sleeping in their lairs. On rare occasions, frost giants capture and tame these creatures, uh, using them to burrow into the ice and help create outposts and fortresses. Well, all right. Yeah. So frost salamanders are kind of probably like, like a seasonal exhibit. Yeah, pro- yeah, that's uh, the in the winter months, you know, when like you've got the the sort of uh, uh, more tropical creatures that you know they have to go to the inside part. Mm-hmm. You can have frostman, uh, fro- frostmanders, frostmanders, frostmanders. Go frostmander, I choose you. Frostmander. That's pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they're they're your uh, uh, winter exhibit. You know, my my, my lovely fiance that uh, and her parents tend to go to the zoo. Most years, like around the Christmas time, because there's no mm. one there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, imagine going and seeing a, a wonderful frost salamander exhibit. Yeah, just sitting These there, are... rolling around in ice, being be... kind of scary, cute, <laughs> very or, scary, cute, or cute, scary, mm, scary, cute, They're scary, definitely cute. scary first. There we go. <laughs> they, I, I imagine they would do fairly well in captivity. At least in a limited sense as well, as long as they have enough space to sort of maneuver in and mm-hmm. you have enough food to provide for them. I I think there's a there's a weird relationship they have with like heat and fire, I think. Because the they they like to they, they are attracted to heat sources, but they have a vulnerability to fire damage. Mm-hmm. But they have an ability called burning fury. When they take fire damage, their frost breath automatically recharges. It's love hate. It's lo- I think it's yeah. a love hate relationship, really. And I mean, I mean, I guess as humans, like we seek out heat sources. But if you were to stick me in a fire, I would not like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is fair. I mean, am I wrong? No, you're not. <laughs> Um, but the, on, on the danger scale, I mean, like, frost salamanders are pretty hard up there. They're they're super fast. They can burrow. They can climb. Very hardy. Immune to any sort of cold damage. Dark vision. Tremor sense. They have four claws with which to attack you with and one big bite with which to chomp you with. Yep. And they're freezing breath, which is not as powerful as, like, a dragon breath, but nothing to shy away from. It's a lot of attacks. Yeah, they are. They're 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 dangerous creatures. They're mobile. So. They're strong and very fast. So, but also like maybe a little friendly. But you know, you know, it yeah. could be kind of could be a nice little pal. They do respond to primordial, the language primordial. So if you've got like any any genasi on staff. Um, or perhaps you have a relationship with like a uh, like a like a, a, a marid or a jinn who can help kind of play uh, uh, interface or just and, a very and... uh, a bookworm of a person who knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, use of, good use of a tongues spell. Yeah, this is a, a a thing. Of course, we'll give you the primordial to common uh, a translation book, um, mm-hmm. like like we do. Yeah. But you may want to put some extra work in. We don't really have any information on whether or not frost salamanders are, like, solitary creatures or whether they like to have, uh... I, I would imagine they're fairly solitary. Maybe keeping, like, a mate nearby. A mate. So maybe an, maybe an exhibit of two. 
Also, at that point, you're just getting into ridiculous amounts of space if you're having more than two frost salamanders. Yeah, because they's real big. Yeah, but I mean, hey, you say money's no object, then then cool. Then well, danger's no object. They are on a limited budget. Ah, beans. Okay, so just the, just the one then, just, just the one the, frost just, salamander, just... actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just need just the one. But who knows? Maybe you can find a, a deal out there, like a matched pair, mm-hmm. a, a bonded pair that they don't want to uh, uh, separate. The burrowing might be a problem now that I think about it. I mean, they can't and burrow the, through, and the climbing. They can't burrow through metal. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay, so just like a. You'll need some. You'll need some like titanium reinforcement, and then down there, yeah. yeah. Build, build. You can put some ice on top of it. Yeah, probably an enclosed space so they can't climb out. Yeah, yeah. like a like like you know, like a bird house. Yeah, if you can like if you can like uh, uh, climate control this area, this could actually and like make sure that it stays nice and frosty in there. This could actually be very nice for the frost salamanders during like uh, the summer months. I mean, yeah, of, of trying to like, you know, giving them a spot to like hang out and stuff. Just in the because you know how some zoos, a lot, a lot of zoos actually do like you know captivity for the benefit of the creature sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so if a frost salamander has like gotten out of, <laughs> has strayed too far, missed its migration path, and is all by its lonesome. End up in fucking San Diego in the middle of summer. Yeah. Well, A, we have many problems on our hands, if that's the case. Yes. But <laughs> you could have a nice big climate-controlled icebox for them to hang out in while the, while the sun gets its shit together. Oh, man, that AC bill. <sighs> yeah, but, like, but think of the think of the tourism. I mean, yeah. No, that, like, think especially, of the ticket prices. People in San Diego. I was in San Diego last week, okay? And I don't know how many people were like, man, like at the zoo, and they were like, man, I just wish there was a frost salamander here. Mm. And I was like, I know. If only someone would do that. And now we have that power, Griff. Yes. For, for Ichabod. For, for our dear friend Icky. For. I, I you don't know. know. I don't know if we're on nickname basis yet. Okay, whatever. With 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 Ichabod Mortimer Senior. I was just trying to you know ingratiate myself, but you know. No, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's I feel fine. Like it's, shoot it down, like Griff. Shoot it down. No, it's, it's, I think it's his decision. It's a nickname, you know. <sighs> I mean, you don't like, you, you don't decide on your nickname. Well, no, but you can say like, "Hey, I don't like that." I mean, I guess. And then and then you'd be like, "Oh, I'm sorry." And then you can take take another pass on it. Yeah, bod. <laughs> Bodie. That's my that's my 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 backup is bod. How about Bodie? Yeah, I was recently watching a show on Netflix where there's a kid named Bodie, and I'm like, what kind of a fucking name is that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, but Frost Salamanders, They're Frostmanders, Fro- Frost Frostmander, Frostmander. They, do they have a little blue flame on their tail? Yeah, no, it just drops a bunch of ice cubes wherever they walk. <laughs> <laughs> it's just dry ice. Yeah, if you need to, you know, a fresher to drink up, you can just kind of, like, follow your Frostmander around, <laughs> catch a couple ice cubes, you got a nice frosty beverage. Yes, amazing. Thank you, Frostmander. Thank you for your service. Oh, Frostmander. But then, but then it's going to become Frostmelian. And frost, <laughs> frost, frost, frost Frostmelian. And, and it's going to turn into a big asshole. 
How great is it that all the like second evolutions of the like starter Pokemon's are just moody teens? Look, I, I'm I not to say like I I I feel like I die you know I I die on this hill a lot, but like Ivysaur is a champ. I will I will say Ivysaur is the best of the of the second evolutions of the uh, Gen One starter. I mean, like if like if I had, like coolness, War Turtle takes it hands down. I think War Turtle's kind of a chump. See, I like War Turtle, but I love Ivysaur because Grass types where it's at. Yeah, I, I I subscribe to like the Pokemon Trainer in Super Smash Brothers, where I like them in the order of Squirtle, Ivysaur, Charizard. Like, like Squirtle is the best of the of the of the f- first evolutions, Man. then Ivysaur, and then Charizard. I disagree, but hey, what are we going to do? Uh, move on to our next creature, I think. That sounds like a fantastic idea. <laughs> so if you liked the the large, semi-reptilian uh, 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 feel of the Frost Salamander, you're going to love this next one, Ichabod. And I'm, of course, talking about the Iron Scale Hydra. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Now, we found, now, this one can be found in, oh, God, I forgot what we called it, the legendary... I don't Tales. think we gave it a nickname. I thought I gave it something, but hey. It, All right, l- please hold. Life's a bitch and we forget stuff sometimes. I have no idea what we called it. <laughs> I, I forgot. I'll go back and look at it later. Anyway. It, it, it's it's from Theros. It's from it's the, from the Theros. Theros. Yes. Th- thank you. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the five-headed iron scale hydras lurk in the wild places of the world, being common uh, foes for humans seeking to test their mettle against terriers worthy of the gods' notice. Most iron scale hydras inhabit lakes and boggy caverns from which they hunt unwary creatures that come for a drink or swim. Now, I'm not going to drink from a boggy cavern. What's wrong now, with book? think of, you know, like, you know, we've done hydras before. Yeah, you know your big classic five-headed death big sort lizard. of big sort of dinosaur body. You have very stout, mm-hmm. with usually five long reptilian snake heads, kind of. Yeah, um, big, now, big chompers on the this end of is that, but bigger because classic Hydra is huge. This is gargantuan. I didn't notice that shit. <laughs> so this this is gargantuan. And the whole thing, it like it has is just got like armor like scales. It's like a Robo Hydra. It's, it looks almost like a Robo Hydra, but that's just <laughs> thick scales. So it's got crazy natural armor. Oh yeah, it do. Yeah. Now, first and foremost, their blood is acidic. Uh, so, excuse me. <laughs> so when the, when the, when this Hydra takes piercing or slashing damage, each creature within five feet of the Hydra takes nine acid damage. Oh no! It can hold its breath for up to an hour. It's got both a forty-foot swim and movement speed. Yikes! It's got its multiple heads. Um, mm-hmm. and while it happens, while it has more than one head, the Hydra has advantage in saving throws against being blinded, charmed, deaf, and frightened, stunned, or knocked unconscious. Because if you get one head hit, guess what? There's four more, bitch. <laughs> four more, fucker. Uh, yeah. You dumb bitch. Whenever it takes 35 damage or more in a single turn, one of its head dies. Um, if all of its head die, the Hydra dies. And at the end of its turn, it grows t- uh, two heads from each of its heads that died since its last turn until it has taken yep. fire damage. Yep. Yep. It has some called reactive heads for each head that the Hydra has beyond one. It gets one extra reaction that can be uh, used only for opportunity attacks. Yep. 
And uh, while the Hydra sleeps, at least one of its heads is awake. Yep. <sighs> now, furthermore. Yeah. Ichabod, if you want to go the extra mile, there is in particular one Iron Scale Hydra that has sort of reached legendary status. And that is Polucranos. Polucranos. Called the World Eater is the moral ah. manifestation of the eternal ideal of a Hydra. In its, <laughs> in its first incarnation, it fell from Nyx to the mortal world, and so great were its size and strength that the gods Nylea and Heliod combined their power to bind the monster deeper than the Nessian would. That incarnation was slain, but the eternal ideal remains. A new incarnation of the world eater is a fearsome omen as the monster only appears when the pillars of the worlds tremble and terrible things are afoot in the realm of the gods. It rampages often per-sage. Pre-sage. Presage. Pre-sage? I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I learned... Presage. What does that mean? Of an event to be a sign or warning that uh, something, typically something bad, will happen. It's like an ill omen. Oh, you know, because like a sage can like see the future. It's a pre-sage. Yeah, presage. yeah, 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 yeah. Presage. I learn new vocabulary words from this show all the time. Yeah. It's rampage is <clears throat> often presage, an age of menace for all civilization. Yeah. And this thing is just uh, a, a little bigger, a little badder. A, li- a little? Yeah, no, it's a, it's much bigger and much badder. Let's see. Uh, it uh, oh, this beco- It becomes a siege monster, so doubling damage against objects and structures. Um, it has it's a bunch double of double the hit points back when a head regrows, uh, and it has a bunch of legendary actions and resistances. So you know, Jesus big Christ. bad boy. So if you really want to go the extra mile to bring in the audience, uh, if mm-hmm. you could, you could try to locate a, a Pelucranos. Yeah, good uh, luck with that. I think good luck with that. Um, but I mean, it might be worth it. Who knows? Yeah, Iron Scale Hydra makes me uncomfortable to look at. See, I think it, it it's the coolest thing I think I've ever seen. So. Well, no, it's very cool. But... <sighs> like, if Hercules were to go up against this thing, he might have had a hard time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, if I'm going to a zoo, I'm not bringing my sword and shield. I mean, yeah. You're so not. I'm just like, yeah, I'm here to, like, just... But, like, what kind of... I mean, where, but when I, when I go to you, a zoo... Where do you put this in a zoo? I mean, like it would have, like it would have to be more of like a, you know, like how they kind of, you know, like 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 a safari style thing, you know, like okay, th- it would yeah, like Jurassic Park, you know, it's got yeah, a, a okay. big yeah. sort of area that is cordoned off for the Iron Scale Hydra. It does its now, thing. Now that I can get behind. Now, if that- you've learned anything from Jurassic Park, it's usually that that's not a good idea. But if you do it right, Ichabod, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, we're we're working we're working under the premise that if, if you're setting this in the standard fantastical setting that you have magic, and the people in Jurassic Park did not have magic. That's so fair. that's fair. Unless you consider the the recreation of dinosaurs magic, which I mean that's pretty magical. I mean it's a magic of its own. It's a magic of its own. You yeah. right, but uh, then you can be like, well, teleport. Like I think every guide in this safari exhibit has a like a, an emergency teleport spell. Oh, most definitely. Either in like the form of a scroll or or just an innate function. Yeah. How many is there a limit? Do you think do you think we're going to get a little existential here? Do you think there is an upper limit? Is there is a cap 
on the number of heads a Hydra can have? I don't know. I mean, because like, it doesn't in, say that in the rules. I mean, in theory, there's not. But like, well, does it get to a point where it itself cannot sustain, like, right? cannot hold its own heads up? <laughs> like, when does that weight become too much? Because I remember when I, the one time I ran a Hydra in D anD D, it got up to like twelve heads. Okay, it was bad. It was a bad time for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't have a lot of fire damage in that team. Um, no. <laughs> but like theoretically. Yeah, so theoretically, it can grow infinite heads. In theory, yes. I want to know then if, like, would its body grow to support... S- to sustain the heads? A larger number of heads? I mean, I don't think it's full... Well, I was going to say, I, I don't think it's full body could, could grow that fast, but it obviously can grow a head back, a couple heads real quick. What if it starts growing necks off of, like, the butt? Oh, man. It, its tail becomes a head. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it just yeah. It gets some ludicrous cat dog situation. <laughs> oh no! Because what if the like necks just start growing out of weird places, like the arms and like the elbows, or like under, like on the belly? There's a head coming out of his armpit. Yeah. What if the heads start growing off of other heads? Oh man! Ugh. It's like Randy, Randy, get off my head, dude! I'm stuck I, I li- to your I head. Live he- I-, I live here. It's like, Randy, this is my personal space. I can't leave you. I can't. You promised to share your dinner with me. I grew off of you. Send some of that lo mein my way. It's uh, it's like, okay, cool. It's coming your way. Munch, 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 Ah, munch, munch. Gulp. No. All right, two seconds later, it'll get to you. I promise. (laughs) All right, got it. Thank you. Yeah, five heads, only one stomach, though, right? Like, I mean, I mean, like cows have multiple stomachs, and they only I have the guess, one head. But like, so like, do you think? Do you think each head has its own discrete stomach? Because that means whenever it's growing a new head, it's growing a new stomach too. I mean, yeah. See, something I've always wondered when it comes to you know things with like multiple heads, but only like the one like body. Like, how does like limb control work? Yeah. Like, is there one central head that, like, that like the center one, is that the one that's in charge of, like, locomotion? And the others are just there to, like, snap at stuff? Yeah, well, because then if that head dies, then, like, then what happens? Or are they all, like, sort of, you know, like, in, uh, like, a neural handshake, like, in, in Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. where, like, they're all just, are, they're, since they are a part of the same being, that, that they all the move sense. in unison, because they're all drift compatible, because, you know, they're... Maybe the brain's, like, in the chest. The chest brain. I mean, like, there's... The, the reason our brains are in our heads is because we evolved our skulls to be super thick and protective. But, like, if they're... If, if the Hydra's heads regularly die, that's a bad place for a brain. That, I mean, that's fair. Maybe the brain's in the chest. Maybe it the brain's be. in the butt. Oh. You're never attacking the butt of the Hydra. Think about it. It's a literal butt head. It's a literal butt butt brain. All right, butt brain. Hey, what's up, ass brain? <laughs> hey, stop! I hate you uh, getting cut off all hey, the time. Guys, hey guys, Polukronos is a butt is an ass hey, <laughs> an ass brain. Stop it, you guys! Like a, you, you've only got one eye, one eye. <laughs> Check out ass brain over here. Do you have do you have an ass in your head too? <laughs> <laughs> If your brain, if your brain's on your ass, is your ass in your in your forehead? 
Is that a zit on your forehead or is that your sphincter? <laughs> All right, let's move away from the. From... Are you sure? I got more. I've got more ass brain. All right, you, you get one more mind. ass brain line. All right, all right. Got to make it really good. Hmm. You just thinking about poop all the time or what? Okay, that's all right. <laughs> all right, let's move on. All right, we'll send it over to, to our, our, our newest sponsor. Yeah, that, that sounds like a fantastic idea. Take it away, yeah. Shifty Mercutio. Hi, I'm Shifty Mercutio, owner and operator of Shifty Mercutio's pre-owned genies and genie resale emporium, home of the multiverse's largest supply of gently used genie paraphernalia. You know how many times people get overwhelmed by the prospect of three wishes and just choke up halfway through? What are those genies supposed to do then, huh? Just wait? Nah, 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 that's where I, Shifty Mercutio, come in. Every genie on my shelves has at least some wishes guaranteed. What? You don't take me, Shifty Mercutio, at my word? Well, listen to some of my partially satisfied customers. This thing only had half a wish left. How the fuck am I supposed to use half a wish? I thought I lucked out when the shitty lamp had a full wish left in it. I wished I was rich. It legally changed my name to Richard. Zero stars. This place sucks ass. My genie won't even work with me. I wish I'd never bought this stupid lamp. Oh, now you work? Now you work. Fuck you, piece of shit. What heartwarming words. So, if you're in the market for or in possession of a pre-owned or recently resold genie, come on down to Shifty Mercutio's pre-owned genies and genie resale emporium. Shifty Mercutio's. You get what you get. Don't throw a fit. Ah, thanks, Shifty Mercutio. <laughs> Are we back? I think, yeah, we're back. What's up next? Oh, no, I can't do this anymore, Griffin. What do you mean? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Another fun game we could play sometime is two-line vocabulary, where we each only have, or one of us, I guess in this case, only has two lines of dialogue that they're allowed to say at any oh. given point in time. Oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. But don't yeah. you normally need one like one person to justify that? <laughs> Well, in in the game, they would do it. There's three people. Two yeah. of them each have two lines, and one person can say whatever they want. Yeah. So I guess in this instance, one of us could say whatever they wanted. That's fair. And then one of us has two random lines of dialogue. Cool. Cool. That's fair. So anyway, up next, uh, we're figuring, Ichabod, that if you're having all of these sort of uh, rough-and-tumble beasties, the high danger to really bring the people in, Jurassic Park style... You're going to need some decent security forces. That's fair. In case something goes terribly, terribly wrong, which it cool. likely will. But even one of these on your staff, and I think you'll be just fine. I'm talking about a Marut. Cool. Yeah. That's fair. Are you doing the two-line thing? I, yeah, I was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maruts are constructs. They're this big metallic construct um, with a single central eyeball. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. And this like big sort of like disc on its chest. It's got wings kind of an orangey, kind of amber color. But they're this big, mean robot. Um, Maroots are 
something called an inevitable. They're, they come from the, the plane of law. I'm just going to read. <laughs> oh, please do. The nigh-unstoppable inevitables serve a singular purpose. They enforce contracts forged in the Hall of Concordance in the city of Sigil. Primus, the leader of the Modrons, created Maroots and other inevitables to bring order to dealings between planar folk. Many creatures, including Yugoloths, which are some like weird like mercenary fiend-type things, if I remember right, uh, many creatures, including Yugoloths, will enter into a contract with Inevitables if asked. The Hall of Concordance is an embassy of pure law in Sigil, the city of Doors. In the Hall, two parties who agree to mutual terms, who pay the requisite gold to a mechanical engine of absolute jurisprudence. Okay. Fuck can have their contract chiseled into a sheet of gold that is placed in the chest of the Marut. Oh, that's what that thing is. It's its contract. From that moment until the contract is fulfilled, the Marut is bound to enforce its terms and to punish any party who breaks them. A Marut resorts to lethal force only when a contract calls for it, when the contract is fully broken, or when the Marut is attacked. Inevitables care nothing for the spirit of an agreement... Only the letter. A Marut enforces what is written, not what was meant by or supposed to be understood from the writing. The uh, Kolya Root, which is that weird machine we talked about earlier, yeah. uh, rejects contracts that contain vague, contradictory, or unenforceable terms. Beyond that, it doesn't care whether both parties understand what they're agreeing to. A small army of solicitors waits outside the Hall of Concordance, eager to sell their expertise in the crafting or vetting of contracts. And, as a construct, it doesn't require air, food, drink, or sleep. Classic. So these things are, like, unstoppable. They're Yeah, they're real big, homie. They have a super high armor, insane amounts of hit points, a 28 strength. They can fly. They can fly. They can fly, they can fly. Um, are just brutal. They understand all languages. They have an immutable form. They can cast plane shift at will. They have legendary resistances and magic resistances. And they can only make two attacks. Now you're wondering, like, oh, that's fine. And they don't have any legendary actions? I'm fine. Nah, nah, nah. Here's the thing. It automatically hits. The Marut can't miss. And you're like, okay, that's fine. It probably doesn't have that much damage. No. It does 60. 6-0. Damage. Force damage. Just It can just do that. It doesn't roll dice to hit you or damage you. It just hits you and damages you. And you're pushed. And you're pushed. And then it follows you. It does it again. They also have something called a blazing edict. Arcane energy emanates from the Marut's chest in a 60-foot cube. Every creature in the area takes 45 radiant damage. Any creature that ta- each creature that takes this damage must succeed on a wisdom save or be stunned. <laughs> they have something more called justify. Targets up to two creatures. Each must succeed on a charisma saving throw or be teleported to a teleportation circle in the Hall of Concordance. A target fails if it's incapacitated. If either target is teleported in this way, the Marut goes with it. It can just send you back to, to Modron jail. Yikes. So what I'm saying is, with things like Iron Scale Hydras and Frost Salamanders, 
and other things. Maybe you have some, like, some treants. Maybe you have some, like, dragons who come in and do, like, seminars. Yeah, no, yeah. with their vast wealth of knowledge, it'd be fantastic for, like, educational programs. Maybe you have, like, a giant who's visiting. Maritz would be pretty nice to have on hand in case something goes wrong. Something yeah, gets you out. know, if you, you know, you, you, if you serve, like, you know, like, beer for, you know, we could walk around, have a beer at the zoo. Sometimes, you know, people get a little rowdy. Mm-hmm. They drink a little too much. Mm-hmm. You need something in- intimidating, imposing to break it up. Yeah. You have this b- big-ass pseudo-armor cut with a giant eye come floating down and just be like, get away from each other. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll fucking listen, dude. And you're then someone gonna... doesn't, and then it punches them in the chest and they vanish. You're not going to fuck with that. No. This thing can literally murder probably anything in your zoo. Oh, if definitely. It to, or if contain. It, if it needed to. Yeah. You just got to be very careful with that contract, I think, though, of, like, making sure that it receives, like, fair compensation, benefits. Because, like, it's, it, this, is your, this is your last line of defense. This is your oh, first yeah. and last line of defense, really. This is what, what, what keeps your zoo, Ichabod, from descending into utter madness. So mm-hmm. treat them well. Yeah. Treat them well. They don't, they don't need a lot. Just, just don't. I don't. I don't think you can bullshit. I'm a root. Like you gotta be. You gotta be just upfront and honest with them about what's going on. I imagine it's kind of probably probably kind of cute. Like they probably don't understand like sarcasm very well. Oh no, care, probably not. All they Pro- care about is the letter. Of yeah, what you're no. saying. Yeah. So like, if you're trying to like joke with one, like in the break room, like if one mm-hmm. of your, you know, like your employees are like sitting down and tries to have like a, a nice chat, and, and you're like, like Whew, another scorcher, huh? And he's like. The, it is currently sixty-seven degrees Fahrenheit, and you're right, like, "No, I was kind of being like, I was kind of being like, ironic, irony." The and, <laughs> and then lists, <laughs> it just defines irony. Defines irony. I, I couldn't think of the actual definition of irony at the top of my okay, head. It's, a, it's an obscure. It's an obscure. Like it's a concept. Like, yeah, it's a, a con- It's a concept. I want to see like the heartwarming moment, like, you know, like you're having like you know like kids' day. You've got some like events, you know, like three legged races or something. Mm-hmm. And there's a little kid who's like parent, like you know, like like brought her, but like doesn't want to be involved. Sure. And so like she wants to do the three legged race, and it's just like, excuse me, big robot, what? Will you be in this race with me? And that eyeball just shrunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And a three-legged race, but then this thing just sort of, like, takes off in the air, and the little girl is just like, no! It's <laughs> being dragged along. <laughs> well, they could, like, hover just off the ground, yeah. too. So I think it'd be, uh, that'd be very cute. Uh, the, uh, the... We won. And the girl's, like, got, like, her hair, like, the wind has blown her hair yeah. back, and it's just, like, wide-eyed, like, <laughs> I will take my candied apple now. Mmm, candied apple. Num, num, num. And then a slot just opens up on its body, and it just inserts the. Yeah, apple I was gonna say, it just tosses just, the whole thing in. And you just hear a, as it hits somewhere internally. Yeah. Yep. It, it withdraws the stick. This was yeah, and, and then the little girl names this Marut Penny. Rudy. Oh. <laughs> what did you say? I said Rudy. Rudy's not bad. Yeah. Or Mary. I'm here for it. Mary the Marut. <laughs> I like the idea of this of of this inevitable force of law warming up to the ways of the world, and then it has like an existential crisis of, but that is not 
in my programming. What does it mean to be alive? Love is not stated in my contract. <laughs> I love you all. Will I another Marut shows dream. up and takes that Marut. Oh, no. <laughs> why, are, why are... Stories with robots are either terrible or sad. Yeah, I re- finally rewatched for the first time in a long time Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams. You ever seen the movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very good one. It's very sad. Yeah. Uh, oh, Rob. So Maroots would make great security for yes, for you. for 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 your fantastic zoo. Just make sure you you get that contract nice and settled. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, uh, you know, make sure make sure like maybe put in there that like you really don't exert to force unless you like unless it's a against like the the the, the customers like you oh, don't unless, unless they start shit yeah. I would even go so far as to say if you want your zoo to succeed, like if some if some drunk idiot throws a, a plastic cup at a Marut, I don't think the Marut should be allowed to it, respond it'll with sh- violent force. It will show restraint, yes. Because that Marut will just turn that individual to sludge. Like, I mean, yes. It will punch you and your bones will dissolve. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> You're right. But if, like, the Iron Scale Hydra starts getting frisky, then you send in the Marut, and you the Marut ties its heads together into one big knot, and then it falls over. Yeah. Like in a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Be really funny. Yeah, there's the cute moment of, like, when, you know, like, there's, it's a bunch of pillars all over the place, mm-hmm. and the Marut's just sort of flying through, and all the heads are coming from different angles, but then you zoom out, and it's all like... <laughs> It's all wrapped around the pillars. It's all wrapped yeah. around pillars, and the heads are going different ways, and it's not. It's like, ha, 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 got you, bitch. <laughs> and it flies off like you a can champ. suck on these nuts. <laughs> and it gestures down, but there's nothing there. It's just, it's, like, it's just it's it, metal. It's just metal. It's, yeah, yeah the, the metal cod piece that makes up its... That's where the contract goes. Yeah. <laughs> right in the cod piece. <laughs> right in the contract. <laughs> Kick him in the contract. Shagong. Ow. <laughs> my my word is law. <laughs> Bonk. Ow. My clauses. Hit <laughs> 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 him in the clauses. Hit him in the closets! Uh, holy shit. Oh, subsection D. I'll show you my John Hancock. Oh, no. <laughs> laugh at my joke, Zach. I laughed at yours. That's pretty good. It was very good. Uh, I'll accept that in exchange for laughter. Or in, replace, in place of laughter. Ha ha ha. I'll take it. Thank you, thank you. Okay, Maroots done. Maroots, I think I think we're done. Right, now, cool. the I last creature we have is by far. To get shit together. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. Um, I think this is probably one of the most important things to have a zoo. Since I was a kid, this is one of my favorite things to always see at a zoo. I don't know how you feel. It was between like this penguins and, and polar bears. 
Yeah, well, it's nice to have like um, you know something recognizable for the for the mundane folk, um, for something the kids. for the kids. Yeah, for the kids. Um, and that's do why for, do I, for the kids. It's very important. We think Ichabod. That of course, you put some fucking otters in there. Because mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. otters, like, what's the point of going to the zoo? You know, otters are one of like the top five reasons I would go to a zoo. Yeah, absolutely. For those of you out top, there, top five reasons I would go to a zoo. Hang on, I got to figure this out now. Uh, bears. Mm-hmm. One, in no specific order. So bears, otters, <laughs> um, um, elephants. Mm-hmm. Pretty rad. Pretty rad. I'm always um, a fan when they have like an aquarium as well. I was gonna say like like an aquarium. I, I do love, love a good aquarium. Um, and number five, uh, corn dogs. There you go. I feel like corn dogs are always better at the zoo. I don't know why. Hmm. Yeah. Haven't had a zoo corn dog. Well, I remember having a very good uh, zoo corn dog in my youth. But uh, but yeah, Why, probably uh, while I was looking at otters. But yeah, so otters. Yes, otters are uh, a, a mammal of sorts. Uh, um, semi-aquatic, uh, brown furred. It's got sort of a waxy texture to it to wick away water. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the the uh, uh, top half, yeah, you know, top uh, the what's the word I'm looking for? The top is sort of a darker brown, whereas you get to a sort of a light brown, almost white on uh, its underbelly and neck, mm-hmm. and uh, they're just adorable. Yeah, they're uh, size category tiny, probably, <laughs> maybe small, depending you on know, I guess, its size. Do you know they're the same? They're the part of the same family as wolverines. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. A otter's den apparently is uh, is often called either a holt or a couch. Oh, an otter's oh, couch. Oh, oh. Male otters are called dogs or boars, and females are called bitches or sows, and their offsprings are called pups. Oh. And and their collective noun for otters is either a bevy, a family, a lodge, or a rump. I, I like bevy and lodge. A... Um, or when they're in water, a raft. That makes sense. Yes. Yes, and that makes sense because otters do this very fun thing, especially when they're about to like, go to sleep and they're like floating in water where they hold hands so they don't yeah. drift away from each other. And it's very cute. Huh. Gross. Yeah. What? I was reading, apparently the feces of otters are, are typically identified by their distinctive aroma, the smell of which has been described as ranging from freshly mown uh, hay to uh, petrified fe- uh, fish. Putrefied. Did I say petrified? Putrefied. Yes, putrefied. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I read too much D&D stuff. Uh, these yeah. are often known as spraints. Spraints? Spraints is what their, what their dung is called. Spraints is the dung of an otter. All right, cool, yeah. Yeah. Uh the gestation period for an otter is about sixty to eighty six days. A newborn pup is cared for by the by the bitch dog or or older offspring. Aw. Uh female otters reach sexual no, maturity no, at approximately. No, honey, mom's, mom and dad have to go to work. Your your brother your older brother will take care of you will will look after you today. And then and, and, and then the t- yeah, the tiny otter turns around to see the other the other otter who's got like a skull and crossbones t shirt, yeah, like yeah, a nose yeah. piercing, a green mohawk He's like, I've got you, kid. Yeah. It's we're like, gonna no! Of, we're going to have a lot of fun together. Not Reg! Anything but that! And they, like, go off a waterfall or something. Like, Ma! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, uh. otters. Yeah, so I think that part of the part of the, the joy of 
being able to have otters in your zoo is to is is the design of the otter exhibit. Mm-hmm. Because otters are very they're they're like they're little tubes. Yeah. And they can just kind of like swoop and and slip and slip around and and like they're very wiggly. Yeah, you've got a lot of like. You've got a lot of like tubes that they mm-hmm. can kind of like swim through that like mm. people can watch them kind of finagle through. Yeah, you got to have like the sort of half above water, half below. So when oh, they hit the water, Nash. you can watch them swim. Yeah. Got to have like, you know, a bunch of rocks for them to play on and like and, and, and make their little nests. Uh, got to have some like slides. Oh, definitely. Maybe you could have a thing where like, you know, you've got some staff who are very comfortable. The otters are very comfortable with. And you know, have like a like a little meet and greet with the otters. Oh yeah, where you, they can come up and you can like hold their little hands and you can get a picture taken. <laughs> They're very cute. Oh, yeah, they give you like a little otter hat to wear so you can get your picture taken with the otter. Let's see. Um, uh, the American sea otter, which usually live along the Pacific coast of North America, they normally grow to about one to one and a half meters, or so about three and a half to four. Uh, 4.9 feet in length. That's a big otter. They can get pretty big, the the, the North American sea otter. That's a big what, noodle. They can weigh about 66 pounds. Holy shit. That's a thick otter. They can get pretty thick. Now, there is a, a, something called, in South America, there's the giant otter. I, I know about giant otters. Yes. They get, they get pretty pretty. In South up. America, in the, the uh, Amazon River Basin, it says this gregarious animal grows to a length of about 1.8 meters or 5.9 feet. That's about as tall as me. Yeah, just a little bit. That's uh, a big otter. Yeah. But yeah, otters are great. But yeah, apparently, sadly, they've been hunted for their pelts for since at least the 1700s. Which, so is why they hang, which is why they hang out in zoos a lot, so they don't get hunted. Exactly. But yeah, they, I say that, yeah. And apparently they play a, a big part in Japanese folklore, so that's interesting. Hmm, did not know that. Yeah, no, the otters are called, oh goodness, I'm, uh, I'm not going to pronounce this right. Yeah, we, don't, we don't speak Japanese. I think it's kawaso. Uh, apparently they're, they're very trickstery, much like, they, like, like a kitsune. Mm-hmm, okay. Like, you know, like, that, like fox that, that scans. Yeah, That's awesome. But yeah, no, otters, they're fantastic. Yeah. They're cuddly. They're adorable. I don't know if you've watched the, the Finding Dory, Griffin. I have not, actually. Are there know, otters are, in Finding Dory? Well, there's a fantastic scene where they need to stop traffic on, like, a bridge. And okay. a bunch of otters go up onto the bridge and, like, cuddle party. And oh everyone stops their cars. And everyone's like, oh, they're so cute. <laughs> Righteous. And it's true because they're adorable. They're wonderful. How do you think the otters would get along with, like, the other creatures that we've established in this zoo? I mean, like, I think the the, the, the point is that we keep them separate, most like in other zoos, because... Fair, well, fa- fair enough. Because a lot of the things in other zoos <laughs> tend to want to eat things el- elsewhere in the zoo. But, okay, let's just say, for, for the sake of discussion, in an ideal world, all of these creatures get along and... Uh, rec- all the other creatures in the zoo acknowledge that otters are friends, not food. Okay. In that case, how do you think like the iron scale hydras and the otters would get along? Oh, I think swimmingly. Like you'd have like when you know you've got like the <laughs> <Swimmingly>. really <laughs> swimmingly by that phone. <laughs> um, 
But like you'd have like one of those cute thing like moments when like you know like uh, like the big tiger like takes care of like the dog pup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it's just like, come on, little thing, and just sort of like picks it up and it's like, wee. <laughs> it's like thanks, For- I got left with my brother Reg, and he's an asshole. <laughs> and like, then the hydra's okay. like, yeah, it's like. Point him out. <laughs> I'll destroy him for you. It's like I wouldn't go that far. Um, I just think he's kind of a dick. Uh, four, of, four of the heads really like the otters, but the one's very pusty. It's just like I don't like otters. It's like meh. And the other one's like, what is wrong with you? They're, all they're, they're so they're so cute. They just want to cuddle all day. And it's like yeah, that's the point. I don't, I don't like cuddles. I don't like cuddles. And then the other head siblings are like, "Oh, come here." Well, I think come I think what it is is that Reg and that that Hydra head, like, like Reg is like, "Man, I'm not like everyone thinks I'm cute and cuddly." It's like I don't want to be cute and cuddly. And the Hydra heads, I've like, got I know, darkness right? in my soul. Yeah, and they get along, but eventually they warm each other's hearts, and then they have a big family picnic together. Oh, yeah. Hydras and the otters (laughs) having a lovely picnic time. I think that an otter is probably seeing the otter exhibit is is like what really begins to warm the heart of the Marut on staff. Like how it how it will just it just it takes its lunch break Mm -hmm. uh, that it doesn't need but gets it because it's because it's union. Yeah, Um, and is is just sort of watching the otter exhibit and just like unblinkingly. But just slowly over time, forms like a, a warm bias toward these otters. Well, th- there's a there, there's a, a funny scene where like the, this the Maroot's just watching the otters like you know, as they like cuddle and like nuzzle each mm-hmm. other and like just like grabs a guest and like rubs <laughs> the person like against itself. Just kind of yeah. This is supposed to be comforting. Do you feel comforted? It's like no, man. Just is like, let me go. I got kids. <laughs> okay. That's when the and the Marut lies awake at night because it doesn't sleep and just sort of sort of ponders its processes. Yes. Th- thinking about an otter that gave it a piece of fish. <laughs> you make this cold mechanical heart feel alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so on board for this Marut. Kind of warming up to the to the world of the zoo, having an emotional awakening. Yeah, <laughs> we're pulling all for you, Mary. To, all thanks to otters and that you, little and you, that otters. little girl who yep. was traumatized during a three legged race. <laughs> otters are so cool. Oh man. Well, yes. So Ichabod, that's a. Uh, that's that is a, that is just a sampling of the types of creatures that I think we could send your way. That and once be, we get the consultation fee, we can, of course, course, think of some more for you. And those are, we're going to have a second meeting. Yeah. Um, it is a three-meeting contract. But the creatures that we have would be very interesting for a zoo, and we can work out some very affordable prices for you. And uh, you're on your own with the Marut. I just got to say that right, right. You're on your own there. Um, but... Yeah, best of luck to you. Let us know if you'd like to move forward with this venture. Uh, you can reach out to Delilah in Billing, and um, you know uh, she's get on that the consultation back. fee in. Yeah, we can move forward from there.
Uh, fantastic. Uh, but other than that, I think that's about it for us here. Uh, as per so. as per usual, uh, hit us up on the Twitter. That is French for the Twitter. Um, <laughs> with any requests of um ideas for pets, uh, 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 ideas for things for maybe a new business, uh, yeah. requests for maybe a new and interesting uh companion for a D and D character, uh, anything. Let us know at, at PetShopCast on Twitter. Uh, and if you enjoyed the show, be sure to check out the other shows on our network, Ghostlight Media. We have actual play, uh, tabletop RPG shows. We have uh, shows discussing things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Shakespeare and other stuff like that. Uh, there's also a bevy of exclusive content on our Patreon, patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia. Check it out. Check it out. It all goes to supporting the network and all the fantastic shows that are on it. Yes, yes. Well, I think that covers everything. <laughs> so, without further ado, thank you all Wait, very hang on. much. Is it, is it the end of the show? I think it's the... Is it? Uh, you, you caught me off guard and I wasn't prepared. I wasn't are you sure? Oh, I hate you so much. What do you mean? Uh, fantastic. So... I thought you loved me? Oh, my God. <laughs> That was a statement, not a question. Fuck off. I, <laughs> I thought you loved me? Anyway, folks, I've been Zach. I've been Griffin. And just remember, everybody, at the end of the day. Much like with otters, it's all about love, baby. It's all about love, baby? Oh, my God. Get out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you all for listening to episode 47 of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and the phenomenal people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Patrick, Jeremy, and Everett for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or at Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast as part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, go to the zoo, look at some birds, play with some goats, smell a giraffe or whatever. Take care. Bye. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.